0: Now our panel of liars, Judy with a lovely name, know the exact description of each of our objects. But they're going to tell you different stories about them, and it'll be up to you, and to Tom and Judy over here, to discover which liar is trying to be honest for a change. And the player who recognizes the truth the most number of times will receive $100. And Judy and Tom, I'm right in the dark with all of you. I've never seen any of these objects, and even if I had seen them, I still wouldn't recognize them. And the first of them is in front of Betty White.
1: I learned something new on this show every single time I'm on it, and I didn't realize it. They have something for everything now. They really, really do. This obviously is electrical. You've got to be smart. You've got to have done the show a long time to realize that that's electrical.
0: Hi, this is Bill Daly. You're listening to TV Confidential. I can't say confidential because I'm, I'm dyslectic and I can't read. i was just kidding about that. But I, I love to talk about myself. So I'm going to say about oh another three or four hours. So stick around with it. TV Confidential? That's confidential. So don't ask me.
1: You mentioned that uh, Mark Goodson originally wanted her to host that game show um, in the 50s. I'm, uh, forgive me. I'm uh, the name. Make is- the connection. Make the connection, and and for for. for- when you when you told that story, I kept shaking my head, Steve, because, you know, uh, this is a woman who had been hosting her own show for 10 years up to up to that point. So like you, you would think, you know, anyone would recognize, OK, let her host a game show because she knows what she's doing. But that's another conversation right there. But she ended up she ended up hosting a show of her own in the 80s. I think it was called Just Men. She got an Emmy Award for that. But I'm sure you saw this. Mm hmm. On one of the extra features of the Pet Set, which was her 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 animal talk show that she did in, in in the early 1970s, there's footage of her hosting the 1970s version of Password that aired on ABC. And I forget I forget the circumstances, but Alan couldn't do the show that week, and they were in the middle of a Tournament of Champions type of thing. And so in the footage I saw, Betty's explaining why we're doing something different, and there's a whole bunch of technical stuff that she has to read off the cue card, but she just seems so natural. It seemed like she had been hosting the show her entire life. She was suited to host a game show.
0: Oh, yeah. There's no question about it. It, it It was really the narrow view that we had at that point in time because most all of the executives of network television were males, and whereas you had people like Dinah Shore and there were other, Patty Page, others who were females who had hosted variety shows, somehow the game show was put in a category all to itself that this is not something we think that women ought to do. Now, Mark Goodson was pretty shrewd because... At, at one point in time, he had Arlene Francis be a substitute host for Bill Cullen on The Price is Right. He also, at one point in time, had Betsy Palmer substitute as the host of I've Got a Secret when Gary Moore had to be on vacation. So he would slip those opportunities in as much as he could. It never really changed until Sarah Purcell... Was tapped to be the co-host in another Goodson Todman show that was not successful, but she was tapped to be the co-host with the country music star Bill Anderson to host The Better Sex in the late 70s on ABC.
1: I remember that show.
0: And, and so Sarah became the groundbreaker as far as a five-day-a-week show, but Sarah wasn't the solo host. And so Betty was the first one in 1983 with Just Men who was given the opportunity to, to carry the ball solo uh, as a game show host. And one of the reasons, there were two reasons it didn't last the 13 weeks. It, amazing that you can win an Emmy for outstanding game show host on a show that only runs 13 weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and it's there, there were two reasons. One is because they had it in the kiss of death moon slot opposite the young and the restless that just killed everything in its wake. Yeah. And then the other thing was that Grant Tinker, who had become the chairman of NBC at that point in time, basically superseded. And he didn't do this often, but he basically superseded his daytime programming chief and said, "Now." This is he, he, he went to Betty first and told her, he said, Betty, we got to get this off the air. This is just not a good show, and it's not a show that really showcases your talents as best they could be done. And, and he was probably right about that, because the concept of the show was really very hollow. Uh, Betty was the kind that made the show better than it really was, as she could do on anything. But uh, the point is, those two things made Just Men only a faint memory for people who happened to see it. But uh, it was, I think, a real testament that Betty did win that Emmy for that show, even though it was not a very good one.
1: The The only other example I can think of off the top of my head, Julie Andrews won an Emmy for a variety show that was canceled after 26 episodes.
0: Yeah, yeah, the one that she did, the Julie Andrews hour, and it was well. And you think about uh, it, it was really in Dick Van Dyke doing uh, Van Dyke and Company. That's that right. It was a very short live variety show in the mid nineteen seventies, and he won an Emmy uh, for that. And so, it, you know, it, there are always anomalies that happen with the Emmy awards through the years. But I, I think, and here's one of the interesting things: uh, there was a show that was. Added when CBS decided to expand in 1973 to afternoon game shows, they moved the prices right to three o'clock in the afternoon, and they inserted a Jack Barry, Dan Enright game show called uh, Hollywood's Talking, and they put it in at 3:30. Now, it only ran for 13 weeks. Jack Barry, Jeff Edwards hosted it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack Barry actually wanted Betty White to host that show, and CBS said no. Uh, <laughs> they just rejected the idea, and they said they thought that it was just not an area that a woman, you know, it go go figure.
1: I'm just shaking but, my this, head, man. <laughs>
0: this is Betty. This is Betty White. Yes. talking about here, but they say no. You know, okay, here's a woman who has had to ad-lib her way through so many Rose parades, so many Macy's Thanksgiving Day parades. But no, she can't host a half-hour game show in the afternoon. And that was one of, again, is how narrow the perspective was in television toward women in the category of game shows. So Betty didn't get the job. It was probably a good thing that it didn't happen because that show only ran 13 weeks. And was replaced by what became probably the biggest game show hit of the 1970s, and that was Match Game 73.
1: And Betty White was an integral part of the success of Match Game uh, 73, as you know, and as I know, and as anyone who enjoyed the Match Game knows. She was sometimes they sat her in the number four spot. They usually sat her in the number six spot. And she was a good number six spot because at that point, obviously you're hoping for a match, but you figure all the all the good answers, you know, you've heard from Brett, you've heard from Charles, you've heard from Dawson. So you're hoping that you get a, at least a zinger or something off the wall from from the number six spot, and Betty was very good at that.
0: Oh, Betty was so good at that. And she <laughs> she had an ability to come up with such a quickie. Uh, I never forget the time that Brett said something about it, and she said, She's looking at Betty, and they were having a series of answers, and she says, well, we're almost finished. And Betty turned around, and she says, Brett, you've been finished for a long time. (laughs) But but the, the thing about it is that it was Peter Marshall who said that there were many of the 23 shows that Bill Cullen did that lasted Probably three to six months longer than they should have just simply because he was Bill Cullen. I think the argument could easily be made that there were a number of celebrity panelist game shows that Betty was on that probably lasted longer than they should have because she frequented that show uh, often enough that people tuned in just to watch Betty White. And I I think that's, you know, it's just a testament as to the absolute aura of her talent is that she could do it in any genre. Uh, You you go back and even look at at, uh, an episode of The Millionaire that was done in 1956. It was called The Virginia Leonard Story, and it was Betty's television dramatic debut. And you saw an ability there that it, she didn't have to be funny to be successful. And it was one of the most memorable episodes of that anthology series on CBS. But, uh, Betty was able to adapt to that. Uh, and then you, you get to the seventies and, and, and I'll tell you an interesting story. She told me she had had uh, life with Elizabeth was not a terribly successful show. Uh, Date with the Angels was not. Her daytime Betty White show had failed on NBC. Her nighttime Betty White show was canceled in 13 weeks on ABC. And she told me after that, she said, after those failures, she said, I could not get arrested to do a nighttime show of any kind except for a, a, a nighttime version of a daytime game show. She said, as far as acting is concerned, I could not get arrested to get a role in a primetime uh, comedy or dramatic show uh, during the entire 1960s. And had the MTM company not decided to take a chance on that delicious character of Sue Ann Nivens in 1974, who knows what might have happened? Because you talk about the perfect casting and against type, And the way she was able to adapt to that and make it her own and win the Emmy she did for that and then transition to the Golden Girls, Uh, you just look across the board, but in between all of that, in 1980, she did a TV movie called The Best Years of Our Lives with Donna Reed, who had not acted since the Donna Reed show had been canceled. And so when... uh, She and Donna were together. There was chemistry on camera because they were just brilliant together. It's just amazing what this woman did that even if the shows were not successful,
1: she was. Steve Beverly interviewed Betty White about a dozen times throughout his journalism career as well as such venues as the Game Show Congress, which Steve was one of the people who put that together together. For about 10 years throughout the early 2000s, Betty White passed away December 31st, age 99. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. A couple more questions, if I can. We've been, we, we mentioned the name Bill Cullen several times in our conversation. I was in the same room with her, and by extension, I was in the same room with you uh, on the day of the last game show Congress in November 2009 when Betty accepted the that year's Bill Cullen Award for Career Achievement. The recipient was Alan Ludden. Betty accepted it in, in Alan's memory, And I'm sure you remember this, Steve. The whole room melted at one point. When Betty was at the podium, she looked up and she just said, I miss my guy.
0: Yep. And and there was no question about that. Uh, I did an interview with her after that event that day in which she told the story about the fact that she almost didn't marry Alan. Um, Alan's wife was dying of terminal cancer as Password premiered in 1961. And he really debated taking the show because of the fact he was still doing GE College Bowl at the time. And he debated taking the show, but it was going to triple his salary because it was a a five-day-a-week show, and then they added the nighttime version two months after it premiered. And so he needed the money to help pay Margaret's medical bills. And she passed away very shortly after Password started, and so he had he had just been somewhat in a fog, and was pretty well going through the motions. Although he did what he had to do professionally, make the show work. And then he, at some point, when Betty made, I think it was probably her third appearance on the show, and he went over to really introduce himself and talk. And he was he admitted that he was immediately smitten. Uh, with Betty, and yet Betty put him off for really a year and a half before she agreed to marry him because she had had two unsuccessful marriages uh, before she was 30, and she was af- afraid of it. She was afraid that she was going to have another failure, and she didn't want to go through that. And finally one night, Alan would call her. She was, she was living in Los Angeles, and he was living in New York doing password. He would call her every night at 11 o'clock, and when he did, finally, one night, he had uh, sent her a package, and inside that package was a bunny, and attached to the ear was a note that said, will you marry me? And she said, that was what finally did it, I finally gave in. And I, I married him, and she said I was so ashamed of the fact that I wasted a year of my life that I could have been extraordinarily happy. Uh, but it was, you know, it was an amazing story because uh, Alan—they were only this says only—but as opposed to you know marriages that last forty and fifty years, they were only married eighteen years when Alan passed away, and it's so hard to believe. I was thinking about it. Uh, when we got the news about Betty, Allen has been gone for 40-plus years wow. now. And yet, so many people that grew up in that era, you still think of Alan Ludden and Betty White.
1: I like to think that somewhere in the great ether, in the great big green room in the sky, Betty and Alan are back together again and happy. I, I think
0: that that's something that a lot of us feel like it, it would be the ultimate to know that they've had that grand reunion. Uh, and it was, you know, the thing about it was is that many people did not get to see them because it was in limited cities across the country, but they did summer stock together while Password uh, was on the air. They, they would go to places like St. Louis, Sioux City, other places like that, and do plays like Critics' Choice or The King and I, uh, you name it. Uh, they did it. And and they were just really a couple that everybody just felt like it it was a great option. When Alan learned about five weeks into doing Password Plus in 1979 that he was suffering from what would be terminal stomach cancer, he not only went on and continued to do the show because he told Betty, he said that if you're terminal and they know about it in this business, you're done. So he very courageously continued doing the show until he had a stroke uh, in 1980 and could not continue any longer. Tom Kennedy ultimately took over the show. But he insisted that Betty go on with her career because he said she's got to be able to continue to have this outlet and she has to continue to be able to have something after I'm gone. So Betty thought it for a little while, but she continued to do parts, even if it meant she had to do something where she had to be away from Alan for several hours or something of that nature. Uh, she did that. and and But I, I'll never forget when Alan, it was, everybody knew that Alan could not come back to the show, and Betty uh, came out, and she and Bill Cullen were the celebrities. And when she came out and she said, uh, there had been a call for people to send cards to Alan, and thousands of them came to him. And uh, Betty said, you've all just worked a miracle because every card Alan reads, and it just does something for his spirits. Uh, They were the consummate couple.
1: Steve Beverly interviewed Betty White on about a dozen occasions throughout his career, uh betty white passed away december 31st at the age of 99 steve it is always a joy to talk to you thank you for sharing some thoughts about betty white for our listening audience
0: my pleasure and as we say we all miss betty
1: take quick time out and jeffrey mark will join us as we continue our tribute to betty white here on tv confidential thank you for supporting actors and others for animals We started a long, long time ago. You can still take part in the Betty White Challenge by going to bettywhitechallenge.com as it's safe to say that Betty would have done anything possible to support this important cause. So when you find an organization like Actors and Others for Animals, it sort of unites all of those of us who want to pay back something for all the joy we get out of animals. You can learn more about the Betty White Challenge by going to www.bennywhitechallenge.com bettywhitechallenge.com. Please keep up the good work. Believe me, it's deeply appreciated. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk